This is a marketing communication. Please refer to the key information document or KID before making any final investment decisions. Investing involves risk. The value of an investment and the income from it may fall as well as rise and investors might not get back the full amount invested. Past performance does not predict future returns. The mention of any particular security or strategy should not be considered as a recommendation. For further information on the Brunner Trust, please go to www.brunner.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the 14th and latest installment of Connected Investor, the podcast from the Brunner Investment Trust. I'm Joe Lynham, the BBC presenter and News Talk business editor. We're going to take a look at what Brunner investors should expect in 2023 after all the turbulence and shocks of last year. We will look at how that might affect you, the markets, and of course, the Brunner Investment Fund. And we're joined, as usual, by the portfolio manager of the Brunner Investment Trust, and that is Christian Schneider. Hello, Christian. Guten Tag. Hello. Good to see you again. Hi there. Before we look at 2023, just how crazy was 22? And do you think any of that turbulence will kind of continue this year? Well, obviously, crystal ball question uh, here. <laughs> Easy one. Yeah, of course, with two big negative surprises last year. The first one was the war in Ukraine, uh, kind of, which uh, I hope clearly not uh, repeating or kind of for long this year. So hopefully that is is, is coming quiet at, at some point. Um, the second one was was clearly the recognition that inflation is, is here to stay for a while, or at least for 2022. So um, central banks started their fight against inflation in earnest um, with the Fed uh, keep starting to rise rates, raise rates, and the ECB to follow by mid-year. Um, so almost all central banks around the world, Bank of, U- uh, of England as well, uh, joining in even earlier than the ECB. So almost all central banks around the world are currently in a fight against inflation, except Japan. Um, and uh, see how that kind of trickles into 2023 and uh, how that progresses. The interesting thing about inflation is it went up very fast and it seemed to catch a few of the central banks out, including and especially the European Central Bank. But inflation is retreating now, notably in the eurozone. And I just wonder whether inflation will fall back as quickly as it went up last year. That's a good question. Uh, we as a house think that... Um inflation is a bit more persistent and not at these levels that we're seeing right now. A couple of good reasons why inflation is coming down. And the the most important one is simply base effects, right? So think of the price of oil uh, in 2021. It was around 50-ish. It ran up to 100. That was a 100% increase, of course. In order to have another 100% increase and have the same impact, it would need to double again from 100 to 200. And it hasn't happened, basically. And this is true for many commodity prices across the board that are trickling into consumer prices over time. Uh, so clearly, there's a base effect um, uh, at work uh, here, bringing inflation down. That being said, we believe inflation is a bit more persistent. Or is at risk to be more persistent. And one reason is a bit of deglobalization or a slowdown in globalization. Uh, we're seeing um, supply chains getting detangled these days, uh, getting be moved closer to home as many companies made bad experiences due the due to the Ukraine war but even before as in Asia we had big lockdowns and uh, companies couldn't get supplies suddenly um, of course uh, demographics playing a role here 
Um, and um, so those are quite forceful things that could keep inflation higher for longer, not at the 10% level we've seen for a while, but maybe noticeably above what uh, central banks like to see. Yeah, the core inflation is the key one, isn't it, Christian? Core inflation strips out the volatile stuff, such as energy prices. Uh, and if they if that stays high, then in inflation will stay important for central banks. Um, do you think that by the end of this year that uh, interest rates may start to go down, possibly in the US, uh, um, and they might pause in Europe? Yeah, very decisive question for for markets generally, not only equity markets. Um, and I think the um, uh, the key to the to, the, to answering the question is in the assessment whether we get a recession and what, what kind of a recession do we get in 2023 if we get one. So central banks in the fight against inflation clearly trying to slow down aggregate demand in the global economy. Um, that's a key point. Now, of course, as interest rates are rising, that is increasing uh, the, the cost for mortgages, um, is curtailing people's wallets quite quite a lot and uh, kind of putting a lid on uh, company spending out there. So you want to have an investment decision, buying a new machine, you have to finance that, it's getting more expensive, you think twice about that. So it can have an impact, a significant impact on on the economic growth in 2023. And I think the consensus is for some sort of a recession in, in many markets out there. Now, the key is how deep will this recession be? And will it bring inflation down more so that central banks are forced to switch from inflation fighting to uh, be more supportive on the economy? Remains to be seen. Uh, currently, signs are the uh, recession could be a bit more shallow. Uh, that's what kind of the latest data points would suggest. Uh, but uh, guessing the economy is is a very difficult exercise. And in the management of the Brunner Trust, we pick stocks and don't waste too much time in in, in getting the, the guess on the economy right, typically. Yeah, because you're never going to get it always right. Um, are there any sectors or any industries that you think we should watch closely this year, Christian? Well, plenty of them. I mean, interest rates and, and uh, the the recession question can have an impact on, on many industries. Cyclical industries, just to name a few, materials, industrials, financials. Uh, if we have a recession, typically you have a load of bad, bad loans on the bank's balance sheet and so on and so forth. That would be quite decisive for those industries. The question about um, the rate progression from here on can have quite an impact on the value versus growth discussion that was was driving markets last year. We, we discussed it in previous uh, podcasts uh, quite intensively as higher rates, higher discount rates served as a headwind to growth stocks and tailwind for value stocks last year. That could turn. Uh, it could turn. For the Brunner Trust, we're, we're trying to be kind of as neutral on this, uh, trying to provide our clients with an all-weather kind of uh, investment approach. Uh, and uh, of course, we're nonetheless watching uh, those questions quite closely. Europe has surprised quite a few market watchers with how resilient it was. Things looked very bleak six months ago, Christian. People thought, oh my God, if it's a really cold winter, there could be blackouts because of the sanctions imposed on Russian oil. The Eurozone has remained a little bit more resilient than a lot of people had expected and has been enjoying a relatively decent start to the year. 
Absolutely, stock markets in Europe uh, kind of off the charts this year. As as this this question is there a deep recession? Currently, the market is is having the tendency answering this this question with not a deep recession and maybe maybe shallower. Uh, for the time being. Now, I th- think we've chatted before this call about the weather, uh, what people do typically. And uh, it's quite what has been quite warm this winter in, in the UK and in, in continental Europe as well. So last year around summertime, when the Russians choked off the, um, the, the gas supply, um, the big fear was a severe cold winter, and it hasn't happened yet. So the the gas uh, storage levels in Europe are quite quite full, um, and uh, the prices for those um, commodities are in significant decline for a while since the market recognizes this. Uh, this clearly has helped um, the companies, the consumers uh, across the continent, and probably has supported uh, the kind of the economic animal spirits quite a bit um, over the winter period. You mentioned earlier the supply chain issues and a little bit of deglobalization that, that might be underway. Of course, we can't have that kind of discussion without talking about China. China has relaxed its zero COVID policies. Can we expect some sort of jump in consumer spending there, which could benefit the rest of the world? Yeah, general economic activity is is uh, is expected to improve as uh, the reopening of China continues. Now, uh, kind of the first step was, of course, everybody got infected in China, and that has severe ramifications on the healthcare system over there. Yet we're seeing uh, initial signals that kind of consumer spending is coming back, uh, that uh, kind of production is coming back, uh, that China is getting more connected to the world, which is generally a good thing. Um, as uh, kind of travel is allowed and so on and so forth. Yes, indeed, it could have a positive effect on the on the world economy and stabilizing the world economy. It's 1.4 billion people getting back to work, basically. Um, that could be a different upcycle that could, could stabilize the world economy quite a bit indeed. Remains to be seen, but is a possibility. Yeah. And finally, the biggest economy in the world is, of course, America. Uh, there are no big elections this year, but the Republicans now have a slim control of the House of Representatives. It means any major piece of legislation will really struggle to get through Congress. Is that going to impact the U.S. economy and is that going to spread its kind of wings uh, across the Atlantic? Yeah, we know these gridlocks from kind of historical um uh, times quite quite often so it's it's quite the norm that uh, once a president is elected during the midterm elections and they are losing either the senate or the house of representatives um and and so the kind of grid, gridlock situation is 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 quite common actually now what could what could, could lead to uh, is that uh, we run into a gridlock on on budget uh, as you know there is a budget ceiling in the US and the democrats are currently and Finance minister is pledging to increase that uh, that limit, uh, with the Republicans clearly uh, forcefully opposing uh, this increase. This could lead to situations we have seen in the past as well, when the government had to shut down. We saw it under Clinton administrations, under Bush administrations, and Obama administrations in the past. That's typically not good for the economy because you can't get anything done. Uh, if you need an approval by the by the government, for example, that there could be a, could be an issue, and it spooks markets, of course, right? If the largest economy in the world um, is at risk of at least theoretically defaulting 
on its government bond, uh, which it at one point would. Very unlikely. It hasn't happened in the past, indeed. Who knows? Thank you very much, Christian. Vielen Dank. That's Christian Schneider, the portfolio manager, of course, for the Brunner Investment Trust. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Connected Investor. And thank you for joining me. Make sure you're subscribed to The Connected Investor wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't have to go hunting for it next time. And thank you all for listening. We value your opinions and your thoughts. So please get in touch with us through the website, www.brunner.co.uk. And that's B-R-U-N-N-E-R.co.uk. From Christian and from me, ta-ta for now. Mm-hmm.